Welcome to The Power of Stories, a podcast by women, about women, and for women. Their voices and their stories. I am Sharon Catherine D'Agostino, a passionate advocate for the empowerment of women and girls everywhere, and the founder of SayItForward.org. And I'm Yodit Kifle-Smith, a creative dedicated to making sure the voices and stories of women are heard. I have the privilege of working with Sharon on SayItForward.org to do just that. In this podcast, you will meet courageous women from around the world whose unique path to empowerment will leave you encouraged and inspired. Today, we have Winnie Abore joining us from her home in Nairobi, Kenya. Winnie is a feminist activist who works with adolescent girls and young women on sexual reproductive health and gender-based violence in informal settlements and marginalized rural areas in Kenya. Winnie, we are so glad that you're here with us. Welcome. Thank you very much, Yodit. Winnie, thanks very much for joining us. I am jumping in with a question about the organization that you founded called Teen Seed. Talk to us about what inspired you to begin that organization and the work of Teen Seed. Thank you, Sharon. Teen Seed is a community-based organization that works with teens, adolescent girls, and young women. And we do two levels of programming. One is preventive programs to help teens have the information and understand themselves better and make informed decisions and all that to help prevent teenage pregnancies, child marriages, HIV and AIDS, and all that amongst the young people. So there's one, the preventive program, and secondly, the curative program, where we work with the young mothers who were abused as teenagers to get back on track. So the young mothers who were raped, defiled, and we're just saying that it's not the end of the world, that there's a lot more that they can be able to achieve, even after going through violence, after going through all these injustices. So right now at Seed, we work in Nairobi, in informal settlements, or what others would call ghettos or slums. And we also work in um, marginalized rural areas outside of the city. I founded Seed when I was a teenager. I was like 16 years old. I was in high school. And I was defiled by a family friend who was entrusted with taking me to school. So when this happened the first time, I didn't have a very good relationship with my mom at that time. I didn't have someone I could run to and speak to them about what happened. I was afraid. I thought I'll be blamed for everything that happened. You know what? As a teenager, it was very tough for me. So I never spoke about this experience. But this guy came back again a second time and wanted to have sex with me again. And I was, that's the moment I asked him why he was doing that. You know, I was like, the last time you defiled me in December, it was painful. It was hard for me. Why do you have to use force again? Can't we just talk through this? And so he agreed. So in his relaxed state, I was I just, I was just curious. I wanted to know. Like, why, why is this happening? And he told me that he was paying part of my school fee. And so when I finished school, he was going to marry me. I was so disturbed because I was like, wait, so I don't have choice to choose whoever I want to marry in the future. And wait, I have to go to school and pay for it with my body. And 
I knew this guy. I mean, he was married with three wives and several concubines in my village. He was known, right, to be a womanizer. And that really hurt me so much. And I was like, this is not right. I was in shock. I, I couldn't believe it. So I'm going to school, but I have to pay for it with my body. Isn't it education a right for girls? For how long do I have to give my body? I'm only in third year of high school, so I have to do this for my third year and fourth and fifth and sixth and get to university. That was too painful for me. I fled. I ran away. And when I got to the school hostel, I made a decision that I've never regretted. And that was that I was going to quit school because there's no way I would continue to go to school and pay for it with my body. Mm. Secondly, is I believed every girl needs to go to school to get an education. And it was not right to be abused with someone who doesn't even feel anything for the rights of women. So at this point, when I was quitting school, I immediately realized that you were 15 years old. I want our listeners to understand you were only 15 years old. Yeah. I couldn't go to my village. So I went to stay with an auntie around the border because I was schooling in Uganda. And shortly after like a few days, I realized that I was pregnant from the first um, ordeal from December. Mm. I didn't know what it feels like to be pregnant. I was like, hey, what's happening to my body? And then, so when I went to the hospital, that's when the doctor told me you're pregnant. All this happened, but I made up my mind that I didn't need that education. As much as I was brilliant, I had very big dreams. I wanted to change the world. I, I, was, I had a very bright future, I must say. But I said, all this is not worth my body. So I moved on, but it started hitting me how many girls were going through the same things I was going through. Coming from a fishing community where transactional sex is common, child marriages, teenage pregnancies, and all that is, was and is still very common. So with all that shame and I, I felt like I wasn't worthy, I had failed, uh, I just didn't know what to do as a teenager. So I went home and most of the times... I mean, I knew that I was not a child. I could think, I could reason with somebody. I could share what I was going through. But also, I wasn't an adult. I was confused. I was in between there. And I was looking at the many girls who are still abused every day. They're married young at 13, 14, 15. They have kids. You know, they're going through a lot of sexual gender-based violence. And it pained me a lot. And so in that time... I couldn't see myself as a child and I couldn't see myself as an adult. I was in between. And that's the point I actually called myself a seed. So I was a teen and then I said, I'm a seed. It might look like right now I am dry. I have fallen off the tree. Things are not okay. But at that point, mm -hmm. I saw myself as a seed that needed nurturing and guidance and support and good soil and sunshine and all that so I can flourish. Hence, the name Teen Seed. So I coined it just to give an identity to teenagers like me who are in crisis, who didn't know what to do, who are going through abuse. Thank you for sharing that. I'm really curious to learn how you were able to overcome that shame to, to start sharing the story, more than just sharing, to then help other girls and young women 
your data must tell you that it's been very difficult. It took me close to 10 years to even share about what I went through. Sexual abuse, sexual violence, rape and defilement is one of the most painful abuses ever in the world because it doesn't just take away your dignity, mm. but it does rip you off in many ways. It's physical, it's psychosocial, it's mental, it's everything. And so I wouldn't say really that people get over it. You never get over it. Mm. What helped me to heal and start sharing and just shake off what I saw as shame is start saying that I was not the problem. I never invited this to happen to me. I am not to blame because sometimes women and girls see themselves as people who invited the abuse on themselves. And usually in communities like ours, you'd be blamed for abuse that has been meted against you. You will be blamed for that. Like it's going to be the questions around what were you wearing? And I'm like, my dress code has absolutely nothing to do with this, right? They will ask you, why were you walking at night alone? I'm like, that's not my problem, right? If it's the government that needs to make sure there's security for every person, then that needs to happen. If it's streetlights and all that. So I took away the burden of justifying or just looking at it like I played a role. And I told myself that truly I never played a role and I do not have to feel any shame whatsoever. And more is when I saw that other girls and women were going through that, I was convinced that that's not my fault. As a child, I felt like maybe people would blame me, right? Because that's what we are socialized. That's how we are socialized. That's how we see things happening. But at the point when I realized that was not me, there was something totally different with the system. A system in a community that also includes patriarchy, that gives men more power over women, that it's okay for a man to come to you and have sex with you because he wants to and not take like a no answer from you, you know? That's the point. I started looking at things differently and said, Winnie, I did the best thing at that time. Yes, I quit school. I started to speak to other girls. I, so I looked at myself and said, hmm, I want to be part of the solution and not part of the problem. So I have no business being ashamed of anything. Mm. Winnie, very, very sadly, the experience of being raped is something that happens across cultures, across countries, across socioeconomic groups. And so it is very sadly an experience that many of our listeners have likely experienced. It took you Mm -hmm. 10 years to talk about what happened to you. What advice do you have for girls or women who have not yet found a place to talk about what has happened to them? It is very important for women and girls to know these types of abuses. Some are being abused, but they don't know that that's abuse. It's probably been normalized to a place where you do not know whether this is harassment or not. So some women and girls still take this kind of harassment and abuse very lightly because they've been brought up in a way that normalizes this kind of acts. It's very important to continue creating the awareness 
and sensitizing women and girls, even men and boys, to know that this is wrong, that this is harassment, that this is abuse, that when you do this, not only like penetrative or rape or defilement, but it's many things, right? It is touching you inappropriately. It is infringing, you know, it is crossing your boundaries and all this. So this needs to be very clear. But in terms of advice for our listeners who are still in a shell and want to close themselves in and doesn't want to share this, first of all, do it when you are ready. Because at the end of the day, you're the most important person in your story. So find healing within yourself and be ready to share that. I wasn't ready. It took me more than 10 years. But people are different. Could take you a day. Others can take a month. But be convinced that you're at a good place where you can be able to share your story. Number two is you want to start small. Like, I don't know, courage. Building courage takes time. So you can find a few people that you want to confide in and that you can share with them and you're sure that your story is going to remain with them. And progressively, you keep sharing it with more and more people. And there are many things that prevent women and girls from sharing their stories. For me, one of the things was that even my parents didn't know probably until four years ago when it came out in the newspaper, in a national newspaper. But because I was not ready, I wasn't ready for that. And the other bits of my story that are not out there yet, and I'm not comfortable to share yet. So it is just looking at how prepared are you to deal with the backlash that when you, sh- you share about it and people know about you out there, Sharon, how are you able to deal with it? Do you have a support system? Do you believe already in you? Do you believe enough that you are surviving? Because you never get back to who you used to be without the abuse, right? So it is also the sort of acceptance and healing process where you actually be in control and nobody else is going to be in control of your life. It's not the abuser. It's not anybody. But you choose to literally, you know, move on with your life. Winnie, you know, much of the work that you do with Teen Seed, as I've, I've read and I've also listened to you, you know, comes with really empowering young women and adolescent girls to find their voice, to claim their power so that they can thrive and flourish. So I want to ask you, you know, how can we all encourage other women and girls to confidently use their voice and claim their power? For any woman or girl who is listening to us today, I would want you, first of all, to live your life in a very authentic way because that inspires. It's not always what you say out of your mouth, but people observe you, people look at you, people listen to you, people, you know, follow you. And so you want to be sure that you are you and you you don't have a space to, to fake a life. That for me is a priority. From statistics, I can tell for sure that Every woman and girl has gone through some sort of abuse or violation or harassment or, you know, some sort of an injustice or inequality. Could be you have gone through it by experience or you have witnessed it. What I encourage women and girls to do is to be able to turn that pain into power because we take a lot of time suffering and just grieving over this and looking for the why questions. 
If you've gone through this kind of experience, please don't keep it under the carpet. It needs to come out. It's only through sharing that we'll start seeking for solutions that defend women and girls' rights. And we cannot do that when we want to be on the periphery. Women are powerful beings. And sometimes everybody is on their own and it's painful. But we need to find spaces for healing. We need to find spaces for movement building. We need to find ways of supporting each other across the globe and take care of our mental health because it's important. For this change to happen, we have to be in a place where we are supporting each other, irrespective of our race, irrespective of where we come from, irrespective of our education levels, because abuse doesn't know about your education level. It doesn't know about your age. The same way a three-year-old girl has been defiled is the same way a 90-year-old woman would be raped. So it doesn't know nothing. And all of us can come together and smash this patriarchy, smash the systems that continue to undermine women and girls, that continue to put us at a place where we look like second-class citizens in our own continent, in our own world. This we can only do when we are authentic and when we make that decision to be who we are and we are human beings. Thank you so much, Winnie. We thank you for finding the time to be here with us and to share your story. And to our listeners, thank you for making the time to listen to this episode of the Power of Stories podcast. Thank you. Thank you from me. Thank you, of course, from Yadid, who just said thank you. Thank you from (laughs) all of our listeners, because having the courage to share your story, I know will inspire other girls and women when they're ready to be able to tell Mm -hmm. someone about what has happened to them. And I love that you have reminded us we are all the most important person in our story. And before we wrap, I want to say how much I always love these conversations, walking this path with Yodit, and send big thanks out to Lisa DeJuvine, who is the co-producer and editor of the Power of Stories podcast. We leave the last word. To you, Winnie. Thank you very much, Sharon. Thank you, Yodit, for this wonderful opportunity to be on the podcast. I really hope that this conversation can inspire a woman or girl out there or anyone else. I would like to encourage these women and girls to turn their pain into power. We can actually change this world for the better. Thank you so much for having me. And to our listeners, we invite you to visit sayitforward.org, a place where you are welcome to share one or more stories about your unique path to empowerment. Or you can read the stories of other women and girls. This is Sharon Catherine D'Agostino. And Yodit Kifle-Smith, signing off for now and hoping you'll join us for our next episode of the Power of Stories podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, we do hope you'll give us a review and recommend The Power of Stories to a friend. And lastly, we want to remind you of the power of your story.